0: I don't understand why they asked me to do this I mean I'm literally on stage leading worship couldn't somebody else have gone and gotten this big thing and lugged it up here on stage man this thing is heavy and it's not even the size of the real cross that Jesus was on oh okay alright it's on stage it's centered I think I got it you know I wonder I wonder how heavy the real cross was that Jesus carried I mean he had already been beaten he must have been so weak no wonder somebody else had to help him carry it This thing is small in comparison. I wonder what it must have been like for the Roman soldiers. I mean, they were just following orders. They didn't really know anything about Jesus. I wonder what it was like when they, when they drove these nails into his hands and his feet. I wonder what they felt. You know, we don't have a sign at the top of this that says King of the Jews. I wonder what it was like to see Jesus hanging on the cross and blood just dripping off of Him. Seeing His flesh torn. That... Crown of thorns pushed down on his head. He must not even have looked like the Jesus that his mother and the apostles knew. Now, this cross is so much more than just wood. For us, the cross is, I guess, it's the beginning. But at the time it happened, for followers of Jesus, I guess it felt like the end. I guess I'm done. I guess you could say it is finished. But it's not finished. We know how the story ends. We knew that was just the beginning and that Sunday was coming, but for His friends, they thought it was over. They didn't know, even though Jesus had told them, they didn't understand that this was just the beginning, that His death marked the start of something amazing. you, Jesus, for this cross. Thank you for each drop of blood that you shed for us. Today we celebrate. Thank you, Lord. Thankfully, today we celebrate more than just the cross. We celebrate the resurrection Of Jesus. We are thankful for the cross and for what it means, but that was just the beginning of this journey. If you have your Bibles with us, turn them in the book of Matthew. In uh, chapter 28, we're going to look at the first 10 verses. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There, they will see me. Jesus is risen today. I have a five-year-old daughter who is in pre-K right now. And just like you saw at the beginning, uh, that video, uh, as you guys were coming in, with all of the kids telling the Easter story, you just never know what kids are going to say. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they say things that maybe are slightly inappropriate. Sometimes they learn those inappropriate things from you, Latanya. <laughs> Sorry. Now, you, you just never know. And there's a story of a little girl who was in pre-k in her pre-k class at church. And the teacher said, does anybody know what the angel said to the women at the tomb when they were looking for Jesus? And she raised her hand and she said, I do. I do. I know. I know. And she said, okay, what did he say? He said, well, the angel said, he is not here. He is in prison. (laughs) I assure you this morning that Jesus is not in prison, but he is not in that tomb. He rose from the dead. Romans 4.25 tells us that he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Thank God the story didn't stop just with the just with the cross, but that Jesus overcame death. So why did Jesus come to earth? Many of us go to church our entire lives, and we've heard this story a million times. But let's look at this. Why did Jesus come to earth? Well, Luke tells us in his gospel, in chapter 19 and verse 10, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. John tells us in chapter 10, verse 10, that he came that his people might have life, and have it abundantly. He also tells us in chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, that he came so if you're thirsty, you can come to him to be refreshed, to be spiritually refreshed. He also tells us in chapter 8 that he came so that whoever follows him would never walk in darkness. And in chapter 10, he came, most importantly, to give eternal life to his people. You see, Jesus spent three years walking with his disciples. He spent three years teaching everybody that he came across and performing miracles. And he kept telling what was to come and what was going to happen. And just like we do, his followers just couldn't grasp what he was talking about. They still thought he was coming to be a political king, to reign here on earth. And so he had shared all of these things that he was going to do. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Come to me, and you will never thirst again. Come to me, I will give you eternal life. Come to me, and you will never walk in darkness again. And then on that Friday, he was crucified. He died. And his followers thought, wait wait a minute. But I thought you said But what I thought you meant was And it was over They had seen Jesus die on the cross They would seen him beaten Bloodied, bruised They saw him laid in a tomb His broken and lifeless body It was over Everything that Jesus had been saying I guess wasn't true until that morning, on Sunday morning, when those ladies came to the tomb and the angels said, He is not here. He is risen. That's why we come and celebrate today. That's why we sing these songs. And we sing forever, He is glorified. Forever, He is lifted high. Most importantly, forever, He is risen. Thank you so much for joining us on this Easter Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus.
1: We talked recently at our last revive night about how there are so many people who are traveling all over the world trying to get to these revivals that are all in the news. Asbury, and there was one down at AM. And people were making these long trips to get there just to experience the presence of God, which is funny to me because the presence of God is with us at all times. He's in this room and he's in this place and we can experience revival without traveling to, to get it from somewhere else. It all, all that it takes is for us to seek him. Um, and what happens when we seek them is something, sometimes it seems like it's a really good thing, sometimes it seems like it's a really bad thing, But either way, it's him doing the work in us. For example, last week our leaders got up and they talked about how it's going to be maybe a little bit longer before we have um, a lead pastor. And I want to tell you the reason that that has happened is because your leaders and your staff and your pastors have been on their faces praying for God to bring the exact person that he has ordained for Derny Church and that no one would come in this building without being chosen specifically by him. So if we have to wait, we wait because we want God's person, not our person, and that's okay. It's just a little hard sometimes. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes we get so overwhelmed in the things that are going on in our lives and all of the little tasks that we have to do, they are important, that we forget to recognize all of the pain and the struggles that are going on in people in our midst. Every one of us has struggles. Every one of us has pain and heartache um, and desires that we don't understand why things have happened the way that they have happened. And I want you to know that even through that, God loves you and he's with you. I want you to hear those words today. He is with you in the hardest moments of your life. And he is with you in the best moments of your life. That is our gift, that he is with us and in us at all times. So today, I want to do something a little different. I want us as a church, as Journey Church, to seek him together. So we're going to provide an opportunity and we're going to have some people who are going to come to the front and pray and we're going to have some people going to the back and pray. And if those are you, I would, I would encourage you to go ahead and make your way up here to the front or back to those back doors. When we seek God, things happen. In Isaiah 55, it says, come to the waters and drink. Come seek me and incline your ear to me and live. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on the Lord while he is near. So I'm letting you know that he's near today. He's in this room with us, and he's always with us. He's not somewhere else. He's not out hiding Easter eggs. He's here with us this morning, and all you have to do is seek him. You know, in the Bible it tells us that if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Um, I think that we may get lost in that sometimes. We forget that the fact is, hey, I prayed about that. I prayed that God would fix that. didn't get fixed. Uh Uh-oh. Seek him with your entire being because that's what he truly wants from us. So I'm asking you now, what do you need prayer for? And I have one more question that's a little hard. Do you have an intimate relationship with God? Through Jesus, I'm not asking you if you go to church, and if you pray, and if you sing songs, or if you read Bible verses, sometimes what I'm asking you is, do you have an intimate relationship with God through Jesus? Because Jesus is the good shepherd, and Jesus is the one who laid down his life for us. He is the one who fills us and breathes life into us. And we want that deep, intimate relationship. I've had people tell me before, there's probably three ways that this could go. Either, no, I don't have that. Or, maybe, or I used to. And the third is, I do have a relationship with God. I do have that. But I've been real busy, and I think maybe I've kind of strayed away lately, which is very easy to do. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to, we're going to open up the, the lines of communication. I want you to come. If you are struggling with something, if it's something in your marriage, in your life, in your finances, in your um, in loss, if there is struggles that you face with, maybe your schedule, your priorities, I don't know what it is. I know that there are people in this room who are fighting a battle that seems as though you can't win it. If you are one of those people, lay it down And let our friends pray for you. There are people up front. There are people in the back. You can come now while I finish talking. But if you need prayer, come to one of them. If you're not comfortable coming to one of these people, come to somebody in this room that you know. And if you are one of the people that has everything together, find somebody else that needs prayer. We know there are people in our lives. We know there are people in this room who need us. Find one. If you are one of the people who has everything together, I want to tell you one thing. You may serve, you may lead, you may pray, you may worship, you may do all those things, but sometimes we just get tired and weary because of the life that happens over and over and over. And the Bible tells us that if we come to him, all who are weary, he will give us rest in him. So maybe today you might just be the type of, the person that just needs a moment of rest with him and I'm asking you to make that step and come forward too. I'm going to pray and then we're going to continue into worship. God, we praise you and we thank you so much for what you do for us and all that you have done for us. And God, I thank you for the gift of salvation that anyone who calls upon your name shall be saved that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts that we will be saved. God, thank you for restoration, for the ability that you have to restore our minds and our hearts and our bodies and our souls in the midst of troubling times that we all have. And God, thank you so much that your ability to forgive is so much greater than our ability to sin. And I thank you, God, for that. God, I'd ask right now in this room if there are people that need to know you for the very first time that you would you would reveal yourself to, to them and that they would have the, the strength and the courage and the boldness to come forward. And God, I ask if there are people in this room who feel as though they have strayed away from you that you would make your presence known to them. And God, for those of us who are just a little tired and weary, may we find rest in you this morning. May we together in this room turn our eyes upon Jesus. Thank you, God, for giving him to us. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' precious, holy, beautiful name we pray. Amen. Observing the Lord's Supper carries personal significance because Jesus calls to us to remember that he gave his body for you Jesus died for you His body was broken for you His blood was shed for you and you have been forgiven and his spirit has been sent to dwell in you There is something special about celebrating communion together as a church, as a body of Christ and today that's what we're going to do. But first we're going to take a look at three things that we should really pay attention to before we take communion. The first thing is we should take a moment to look within. In the Bible, Paul writes in first Corinthians. I'm reading out of the message Bible because I love the wording that it uses. You guys can have a seat. Paul writes, If anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death, is that the kind of remembrance you want to be a part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, and come to this meal in holy awe. If there's ever a time when we should do some serious, reverent heart searching, it's in preparation for communion. So how do we do that? We pray. It isn't about being worthy because I assure you that none of us are. It's about being in the right frame of mind to understand just how important communion really is and that we are receiving the gift of the body and the blood of our risen savior. So if you'll take your cup. Psalm 129 or 139 says, investigate my life, O God, find out everything about me, cross examine me and test me. Get a clear picture of what I am about and see for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. We're asking God to prepare our heart to receive his holy communion this morning. After we've searched within, we need to take the time to look back. We remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. We remember his sacrifice. We remember him enjoying the last supper with his disciples. And we remember his heart, his words, his plan, his promise for us. Listen to Paul's words in 1 Corinthians. Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the master himself and I passed them along to you. The master, Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread, having given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. He commanded that we take the bread and we remember him. I don't know about you guys, but I can hardly remember to go to the grocery store sometimes. So how easy it is for us to forget the magnitude of what Jesus did for us. Taking the bread isn't just an act that we do at church once a month. It is the representation of Jesus' broken body that he gave for us. So let's pray. Jesus, we remember. We remember your body that was broken for us and the pain that you endured for us. Thank you for loving us more than we can even imagine. We take this bread this morning as your body. May we be filled with your goodness. May we live lives just as you have commanded us to do. May we love others like you do. May we never forget just how precious the gift of loving you is and how marvelous it is to be loved by you, amen. In the Bible, it says after supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you, each time you drink this cup remember me his new covenant gone are the old days and the old ways in hebrews it tells us when he's talking about the difference between the old way of animal sacrifices and the new covenant with jesus it says just think how much more the blood of christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Let's pray. Jesus, we remember your blood that was shed for us on the cross. We remember your covenant, your promise to us. We remember that you love us so much that you would bear our sins upon your shoulders and that you would forgive us all for our transgressions so that we can have an everlasting life with you and we take this cup this morning and we remember you thank you Jesus for all that you have done for us amen and Paul continues What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. Lastly, we should take the time to look forward. Jesus says in Matthew I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Whenever we participate in communion, we are reminded of Jesus' promise that there will be a great banquet of celebration soon. When Paul wrote these words, whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That means he's coming again. So we look forward to the day when we see Jesus coming on the clouds, when we see him face to face, and we spend eternity praising his beautiful name. So let's sing one last song together as we worship our risen Savior and we praise him for what he has done.
0: The name of Jesus is, Father, we praise that beautiful name this morning. We thank you for your son, Jesus for allowing Him to come to this earth and live as one of us, but to live a perfect, spotless life. Thank you for allowing Him to be crucified on the cross, shedding His blood to cover our sin. But most importantly, thank you for allowing that tomb to be empty. That is why we are here this morning to worship and to lift up that beautiful, wonderful, and powerful name of Jesus. Guide us as we go from this place today Help us to seek you and to find you every day of our lives as we follow after you. Give us an amazing and blessed Easter Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Thank you for joining us, Journey Church. God bless you. We'll see you next week.